0: previously on cast in wax i am back from washington dc back on the podcast again i you know i don't know maybe i mean maybe i should marry this guy and have gay okay, sex with him for his money. i don't know on the next episode i think i'm going to be changing up the
1: format of the podcast a little bit i should have seen the warning signs when you stopped bringing around that nice girl jane she also stopped breaking in through the window as well
2: you me bernie's
3: burger bar. now I love that place!
4: I really like to eat MF a whole lot. It's probably the best thing ever. Um, I'm Lynn. I am a friend of the podcast, and a friend of your parents, and a Pulitzer Prize winner. Friend of, a friend of my parents. No,
0: don't you think you should figure out where these these Rory Singen things are coming from? No, I'm not going to look into it. All around the waxwork there's astounding art abounding. All around the waxwork there's astounding art abounding. All around the waxwork there's astounding art abounding. All around the waxwork there's a... I said that waxwork.com, it is really the bomb. It's got those all original, creative projects from a bunch of homeboys and ladies chilling in the Mercedes, laughing all the way to Hades while they tap on the top We got our updates weekly, our site's uniquely customized for all you guys who wanna critique me. But don't try to front when you're on the front page. Go through the message board, your so you'll be feeling my rage, I'm a madman. When it comes to this site, I'm busy mecking on the counter nearly every single night. But if it's your belief that you've given me grief, to step above that mic because I'm editor in chief of Mr. White, y'all. The Jordan Major I'm busy keeping it free so everyone can afford to scope out what we can do in wax and groove. When you're through, we begin, you could go and post to the boards, yo. All around the waxwork, astounding. Out abounding, all around the waxwork, there's astounding. Out abounding, all around the waxwork, there's astounding. Out abounding, all around the waxwork, there's a. Oh, that was poor. It's been a long time since I played that song, but whatever. There it is. Hi, my name is Jordan D. E. White, and welcome. To the 151st episode of Cast in Wax, the official podcast of Waxwork.com, the only official podcast of Waxwork.com. Don't be fooled by imitators, although we do appreciate the imitators. That is the sincerest form of flattery. I have with me two hosts, uh, two co-hosts, uh, as always. Uh, here to my left is Mr. Frank Allen. Hello, Frank. Hi. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent, excellent. And of course, to my right is Mr. Scapewhite. Hello, Dad. Thank you for having me as well. You're welcome, Scape. Uh, so, we have some exciting things planned for this show. Now, I, I mentioned last time that I might be changing up the format a little bit, and I did do that for this episode. We changed up the format. It's pretty crazy. And things are going to be in flux for while we figure out how this works. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting. One thing that is not as fun and exciting as I'd like is that at the beginning of the show, I figure during this opening segment of the show is the best place to do the the reader mail or the uh, listener mail, if you will. Uh, and uh, since last episode was our 150th episode, big deal, uh, kind of a big uh, to-do, that fact, uh, you will find it interesting that we got no email. What? None. None whatsoever. Our big 150th episode spectacular. My return to the show. Our kind of late five year anniversary. And uh, nobody wrote in. Nobody had anything to say about that. Wow. That really sucks. Yeah. No, I know. I know. And what's weird about it, especially, is that I'm pretty sure we have a lot of new listeners. I I, I did a big Twitter push. I went on Twitter and said, hey, listen to the show. Hey, you know, check us out. Check us out. Um and it's been suggested to me that maybe people don't realize that they themselves can actually write into the show. They they hear the emails that come in and they go, "Well, those emails are are clearly big important parts of the show, so they must, you know, they, they some people probably even think, and I know this is crazy to even suggest it. What? Some people think that the emails are fake. What? No, that's that's crazy. Right. Well, you know what? You know why I can see why that confusion would arise because like You know, we, we, we have, we have all these radio serials, which are fake, you know, which are, are, are scripted, written radio serials. And people might think, well, perhaps the, the plots, quote unquote, of the lives, quote unquote, of the hosts, I guess no quotes necessary there, are also scripted. And, and, and perhaps the emails, since they interact with the hosts' lives in such dramatic ways, are also scripted, uh, are planned ahead and, uh, you know, are, are, are made by Jordan even for the podcast. Let me assure you, I swear on oh gosh, what can I swear on? I I mean obviously I'm not gonna swear to God, I don't believe in God. I swear to Watchmen, the original Watchmen miniseries, uh 12 issues series by Alan Moore, that I do not write those emails. Yeah, that's crazy. Talk. why why would you write emails to us? No, I mean again, I think they're I think people are thinking like the whole thing is fake. So so when when you get emails from uh, what is it, Rory's uncle? Oh. Uh, that saying, saying that he wants to gay marry you. I think that people are saying, uh uh "Oh, well that." I mean, that is, like I said, that's that's such a big part of the quote unquote plot of Frank Allen's quote unquote life. Why do you keep saying quote unquote? Well, because that's what I'm saying. Like, like they think, "Oh, well, Frank Allen's life is just a, a story on the show. It's another fictional story on the show." Like that, like that of Nathan Vanette. No, 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 no. Nathan Vanette and I are very different guys. We went to high school together, but that's a different. Uh, thing entirely what, you guys went to high school together yeah yeah yeah. no don't worry about that what i'm, what I'm trying to say is uh, this is my life my life is not a story my life is my life right right your life doesn't have a plot it's just your actual life right and the fact that i'm getting emails to the podcast that are affecting my life is on the one hand is because first of all it's because uh, the podcast is a big part of my life this is you know my main creative outlet i do things for this podcast. Uh, uh, uh that I don't do uh, creatively elsewhere, because, well, various times those creative outlets have fallen through. But uh, that's the one hand. on the other hand, it's it's also because Jordan's a jerk. Wait, what? What do you mean? Well, because you won't allow me to give out my personal email on the podcast. So all, interactions with me from the public of the podcast come to the podcast email and then you hold them and you read them to me on the show. You don't send them to me ahead of time so I can privately in my private life consider, do I want to gay marry someone who's incredibly rich? You you, you, you force me to engage in that conversation on the podcast. Well, yeah, because it's interesting on the podcast because uh, otherwise, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? We get these emails from the listeners, from, you know, Roy's uncle who just happened to listen to the podcast and her Heard you and da 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 da, da. and, and it, it it's something to talk about on the podcast. So I read it on the podcast so that you have to yeah live. Uh, inter- live, live, react to it. Uh, I get a spontaneous, and it's it a more interesting podcast, don't you think? I-, I mean, I get. Look, I guess I, I get what you're going for, but as the person whose life it affects, uh, I think I, I, I would probably prefer that I could just deal with it offline. No one's going to want that. None of the listeners would prefer that I, I just give you emails in private so that you can deal with them on their own. The listeners want something to listen to. Uh, speaking of which, actually, we should discuss. This gay marriage issue. I mean, what have you decided? Oh well, uh, look, what I decided is, uh, well, I, I mean, it's you know, Jordan, this is one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made in my life. I know. I, 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 if I, if I knew of a of an advice show, I would tell you to write into it. Well, yeah, I run an advice show. Exactly. Look, okay, Frank, you know what? That's exactly it. Let me, let me, uh, Frank, let me, oh, hold on, oh, uh, oh, look, look, it's, uh, we got an, we got an email here, Frank. What? What are you What are you doing? It's an email, look, I'm just gonna, oh, let me open this, uh, email, click, 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 I'm clicking. What are you doing? I'm, I'm opening an email, okay. Uh, hey, look, it's an email, uh, dear Frank Allen, my name is Spank Allen, and I am a man... And I have some questions for you, which is regard to questions where I want advice from you. And the advice that I want from you is this. I recently got in touch with a very rich old man. And that very rich old man assures me that he is sick and has doctors who also assure me that he is sick and that he will die soon. And this old man says that if I marry him and have the gay sex with him... That all of his many fortunes will become mine when he is no longer alive. Do you think that I should do it? That That's a real letter you got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, and it's signed, uh, what I say? Spank Mellon. Spank is not a real first name. No, it's in quotes. It's so, it's like, Spank. My name's Spank. His name is probably like, uh, Theodore. Theodore Spank Mellon. I mean, I'm, that's a guess. All right. I'll call you Ted. I don't, I mean, Spank is a weird name. Ted. Here's, okay, here's my advice to you. I mean, obviously, I'm in a similar situation, so it's kind of funny that you wrote in. But uh, my advice to you, I mean, there seems to be some obvious differences, is that my advice to you is obviously do it. Um, I mean, I don't know your personal financial situation, but I know that money is, <sighs> money is not worth all indignities, but it's probably worth some. And if this guy is definitely going to die, then really, you're just... You're you're probably only talking about one time. Now it's un unco- it's it, it, it makes people uncomfortable to become a prostitute to become in our cases because we're men, gigolos. People become very uncomfortable with that concept. So if I said to you, "Look, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you sleep with me for the night," uh, you'd probably say, "Well, no, I mean that's not, I'm not I'm not interested in doing that. That's I'm not I'm not a whore." Um. Then if I said to you, "Well, I'll give you a thousand dollars," you'd probably say, "Well, ooh." A $1,000 is a lot more money. I'm, well, no, I'm not a whore. Well, then I said, well, what if I gave you $10,000? I mean, if, if I keep upping the amount, eventually, obviously, look, anybody who we talk to is eventually going to hit a number where they go, yeah, I'll sleep with you for one night for a $100,000, for a million dollars, whatever that number happens to be. The fact is, the, the amount of money this guy has is higher than that. And if we're talking about one night for all of that money, that feels dirty, but it also feels right. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it feel right? You know, Jordan, I'm, I'm, in, in explaining this to Ted, I'm sort of feeling like I, I am getting the answer that I, uh, that I needed inside. That is what I thought would happen. What do you mean? That's, uh, it wasn't a real letter. I was, I was, I made up the letter. It, there was no letter. I made up the letter and I, uh, uh, it was trying to help you make your decision. Wait. Just a minute ago, you swore on Watchmen that you don't make up the letters. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I don't. I don't usually. I don't usually make up the letters. That one I made up. Oh, you you specifically said, well, I do not make up the letters, even though they affect the lives of the other people. It's not me making them up. And here you are literally making up a letter to affect my life. Yes, but I that's but that's not what I normally do. I i normally read letters that come in to the email castandwax at gmail.com. And those are the letters that affect your life. I don't usually make them up. This time I did because we didn't have any. But I said we didn't have any. And to be totally honest with you, Frank, I think it was pretty obvious as I was quote unquote, reading that letter that it w- I was making it up as I went along. Well, it wasn't obvious to me. No, and I didn't, I was, I didn't want it to be obvious to you, but the, I, but I was trying to, I was trying to help you come to a decision for yourself by looking at it as if it was someone else's problem. So if, if, if someone like you have a problem and you can't see it because you're too close to it. but if I present it as well I, I know someone else who has that same problem, then you look at it more clearly and you come to the decision that you came to which is, I mean I'll be honest is a little a little uh, disgraceful. No, no Jordan no. Because are you trying to tell me you don't have a price? I, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't have a price, but I don't, I don't think I want to find out my price. I mean, I'm married. I'm happily married. So I'm not, I'm, I, it's too late for me to have to deal with this problem, but you're saying there's an amount of money that, and we have not pinpointed that amount because we went straight for the high amount, but there's an amount of money at which you are comfortable being a prostitute. I, I mean, comfortable is a very strong uh, term to say how I feel about being a prostitute. Okay, where you overcome your distaste for it in order to accept being a prostitute. Yes, that's, that's I mean, that's a more reasonable way to say it because I'm not comfortable right now, even now thinking about the, okay as I think about it in more graphic detail I am even less comfortable so I'm not comfortable at all, at all, but I am um when I think about the, uh, the, the post sex, uh, post death, post funeral, post will, post legal fees, money that comes into my, uh, account, that feel, I mean, that, that part I'm, I'm more comfortable with. I don't, I imagine it's enough that I won't be constantly flashing back and thinking about what I had to go through in order to get it. You know, I mean, like, like, like if I said to you, you know, you're in a you're in a room uh, uh, with a guy who has a billion dollars in cash. I I mean, he can't carry that much, but he's got a he, I, he's got a I don't even how do you do that? He's got a portable magical sack that fills up with money. This yes, this is a very reasonable story. I can imagine this situation clearly. All right, all right, fine? Well, good because that's. What I'm so you you're in this room. What room am I in? No, well, that's going to be relevant soon. You're in a okay. uh, Let me go back. Let me let me go back. You wake up one morning. Okay. All right. I wake up one morning and you are, you are walking around. You're going around your day. You're, 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 you're going to work. You're going to, all, all, you know, everything. You're going to work. Okay. So you go to work and, uh, you're in your office and you're walking from your office to the, uh, bathroom. And all of a sudden you notice a door that you've never seen before. What do you mean? Like there's a door where there was never a door before. So I, so it's, it's impossible. you say, well, this, I mean, there can't be a door there. I've walked Down this hallway a thousand times There's never been a door there Okay, I I see what you're saying Right, and so you open that door And um, inside this room is is a man And uh, uh, he's just sitting in a chair Looking at you and being mysterious And he says, please, Jordan, come in Okay And he... um, and he, 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 he you come in and the door closes behind you and he said, and you say to him, what is this place? What is this? And he says, well, this is, uh, this is a magical room. Uh, it, 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 appears in buildings, uh, once for, for a period of one hour, uh, once per building, uh, and then it travels to another building and there, it's got about five minutes left in this building and then it will go away never to appear in this building again. And, um, my name is uh well my name's not important but I live in this room and uh I am a magical man and I created this magical room and my magic uh, supports this room and you know what's interesting about that is if if I ever died this room would just kind of it would probably have about a minute uh, of life left in it and then uh, when I died the, the 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 power that I put into the room would evaporate and um about a minute later the room would cease to be and everything in the room would cease to be and would never exist ever again. So I just uh, I just hang out in this room, greet people, say hello, give them some advice, talk to them for a little while, and uh, just tell them about my life. This is really a weird story. No, no, okay, but I'm I'm going somewhere with this. So so then he says to you. Uh, so anyway, Jordan, um, good to meet you. Uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm magic. I have, for example, I uh, in addition to this magical room, I I made this magical bag that is full of money. It's got so much money in it, you could never spend it all. And it, as you spend it, it just appears to grow back. It, this is a little satchel, so you just keep pulling money out of it, and money keeps coming and coming and coming. Uh, whoever, obviously, I mean, I own it, but whoever owns it, th- that magic is lasting forever. Even if I died. That magic would just keep going, would just keep going, uh, and this money would last forever. Not that again, not that I'm gonna die, and not that anybody would would kill me or anything. But if they did, they could just take this bag and um, I mean, I shouldn't even go into it. But that's the I'm, I'm just showing to you. See, watch, I can pull money out but I don't See, money, money. I'm just proving to you that I'm magical. So, okay, I'm magical. Um, oh, could you do me a favor? On that table behind you, uh, is my gun. It's loaded. Be careful. But can you just grab it and pass it over to me? now jordan uh this is, this is where you come to a moral decision you You have this gun in your hand, and you can give it to him. It's what he's asked for, right, okay, but you also have the option of you could shoot him, grab the bag of never ending money, throw the gun on the floor, run out of the room. The room would cease to be in a minute, everything in it would cease to be, so the body would be gone, the gun would be gone uh the room itself would be gone there would be no evidence of the crime the crime itself would practically have been erased from the universe all you would have to do is kill this this man with the gun um and you would get infinite money and no evidence that you ever did this crime okay and and, and i'm i'm just i'm just trying to remember this is a metaphor for what you're doing. Well, no, like it's kind. I mean, it's kind of like a more. It's it's similar, but it's. I mean, it's kind of a more extreme example. Yeah, I'd say it's a little more extreme. Yeah, but it's it's like a heightened reality. So, what's happening to me, where an an incredibly rich man is asking me to to um marry him, have gay sex with him, and then inherit all of his money? That's normal life. This this story that I'm. I'm uh, uh, get, uh, putting to you where, where there's a magical room and a magical bag of money and a, and a gun that will disappear and murder and then infinite money. That is heightened reality. That is, you know, just up a notch on the intensity scale. All right. And so the, and the, so the question is, do I now that I've got his gun in my hand, do I kill him and, and take his money forever uh, and, and get away with it? Or do I just give him the gun? Yeah, I mean, I first of all, before I even picked up the gun, I think what I would do is say, "Why do you need the gun?" It's his gun. He he just wants it. Yeah, but why does he wa- I mean, I'm standing in front of him. I don't want to get shot. So am I? Am I giving him the gun so he can shoot me? No, 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 no. Okay, Uh I, I get, I get what you're saying. So, no, no. Uh, he 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 assures you. He says, "No, no, no." I oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to frighten you. I don't. I don't want to shoot you with the gun. I I want the gun because I want to unload the gun. And I, I'm to be honest with you, I'm. I mean, I'm really just being lazy. I like. I like sitting in this chair, so I don't want to get up. It's pretty comfortable. It's pretty comfortable. But, look, just hand me the gun, you know, you, and you can hand it to me barrel first. I'll take it. I'll unload it. I'll put it away. Not a problem. I've got a box here. See? And he shows you he's got a box where he puts, it's. you know, one of those got boxes with, like, the velvet interior, and it's got the shape of exactly the gun and and spaces for, you know, bullets. So, yeah, you're, you're going to hand him the gun. He's going to put it away. All right, then I hand him the gun. Uh, whoa. Hold on, but you then you don't get any of the money. Well, it's not it's not my money. Like, yeah, I, but uh, this is. But no one will ever know that you've killed him. I know, but I will know. I mean, why would I want to murder someone? All right, hold on. Okay, um, let's step back a minute. Let's step back a minute. What happens is this: uh, he he. So you say to him, he he says to you, uh, "I'm going to put the gun away, and it's unloaded." And uh, when you turn to go grab the gun, he uh, he goes, or you you look and you go, "Wait a minute, there's two guns," and he goes, "Yeah." Uh, and you go which one do you want They, I mean they look the same and uh, and he goes oh yeah yeah either one uh, I mean I'm going to need them both but just pass me whichever one you want so you grab one and you give it to him right I mean that's what you're saying you're going to do yes I, yeah I would just give it to and him and he takes the gun from you but he doesn't put it in the box he throws the box aside and turns the gun on you and points it at you and says pick up the other goddamn gun and you're like well what happened yeah wait what was it why did he betray Cause me because it's a trick so you pick up the other gun because he's got a gun on you I'm assuming you'll pick it up right yeah of course I mean he's going to shoot me if i don't right so you pick up the other gun now both of you have identical guns you're pointing them at each other i mean i wasn't going to point it at him you do but he goes point the gun at me and you go okay Uh, yeah okay and so you are pointing the guns at each other and he goes one of these guns is loaded the other one is not so on the count of three we're just going to shoot each other and uh uh you know we're going to find out who's the real man here because the gun with the loaded is going to kill the, the other one and the one who shoots it is the man. What? Look, the, the, okay. The point is he goes on the count of three. We're both going to pull the boys. We're going to shoot and then we're going to find out who, di- who lives and who dies. One of us is going to, I mean, we don't, neither of us knows because you don't know what gun is which and I didn't watch which one you picked up. So the point is one of us is going to, it's like a Russian roulette except one loaded gun, one unloaded gun. So we're going to shoot on the count of three. One, two, three. So then what happens well, is I don't shoot. What? I, I I'm not going to pull the trigger. I'm not going to pull the trigger on the count of three. Well, why why not? He, he's he's going to kill you if you don't. Well, no, I mean he's not because okay because you said one of them is loaded, one of them's not. If his is loaded and mine is not, it doesn't matter if I pull my trigger. I'll pull it. There's nothing in it. He's going to shoot me. I die. Right. So me pulling the trigger doesn't stop him. And if my gun is loaded and his isn't, then he's going to pull the trigger. Nothing's going to happen. I'm going to know I have the loaded gun, and I'm going to keep it pointed at him and say, don't. Try anything else. I mean, I'm not going to kill him if I don't have to.
5: (laughs) No, what? What are you? What
0: are you you doing? I'm trying to create a situation. Okay, so fine. So you, he goes one, two, three. He pulls the trigger. You don't, apparently. His goes click, click, click. Nothing. There's no bullets. And he goes, "Why didn't you pull the trigger?" And you go, "Well, because we don't want." to And so he pulls out a knife. He's got one hidden he whips out a knife and he stands up from the chair and he starts coming at you with a knife well i i then i like i said i point the gun and i say stay back i've got a gun and it's loaded yeah but he's like you don't have the balls to do it so i'm going to come get you i'm going to kill well, you i the, i i kick the knife out of his hand you miss uh, then i you know I, I i don't i mean i don't want to kill the guy but you got it he's coming at me with a knife i sh- i sh- i shoot him in the In the leg.
5: that, That
0: doesn't, I mean, that hurts him, but that doesn't stop him. He's got a knife. He comes at you some more. He starts, you know, trying to stab you. He's he's right on top of you, dude. You gotta shoot him. I'm not gonna shoot him. I I'll hit him with the gun. If you hit him with the gun, he's that means you're in close enough that he can be stabbing you with the knife. You, you, you know what? You're right. So okay, I shoot him in the leg, that injures him, he can't come after me as quickly. I'm fine. Okay. And then I run out back out the door. Back into your work? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'll just get away from him and slam the door behind me. I mean, he said it's only gonna be here like another five minutes. I mean I only have to hold the door for a little bit. No, because you know, but the thing is the door opens you know, towards the, towards the room, so it's it's very you can't like brace yourself against it. You have to pull on it, and that's not easy. Well, no, but it's I mean, I, but I, I mean, I can do that. What kind, if it if it's a little hook handle that makes it easier? It's, it's not. It's a round handle. Well, oh, well, that's. A little harder. and But look, I'm not going to kill the guy. Once I'm outside of the door, I I could start yelling to everybody, hey, hey, help me. You know, this guy's coming after me with a knife. You know, Uh, someone help me and then security or something will come. No, 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 that won't work because... (laughs) As long as you're touching the door, because it's a magical room and a magical door, as long as you're touching the door, no one else can see or hear you. What? But I, I was able to see the door. Yeah, because you were like the, the chosen one. Remember, he knew your name. So you were like the one the door was here for. Nobody else can see or hear it. While you're touching it, no one else can see or hear you. So if you're holding the door shut so that he can't open it, no one else can see or hear you. You're going to have to, uh. You're gonna have to shoot him. I'm not gonna shoot him. I'm just gonna. I'm. That's. I'm gonna hold the door shut. Well, he's stronger than you, so he's gonna open it. Then, as soon as he opens it, I, then I'm not holding it anymore, and then I can start yelling for help. Well, are you? Are you a? Not to mention that's gonna leave the money in the room. Ca- I don't care about the money. This guy's trying to kill me now. Yeah, because you didn't just shoot him when you could have had the chance. What's the, look, what's the difference? So okay, so I, I'm pulling on the door, and he pulls it out of my hand. So then I I run because I know where the security office is. So I'm going to run towards that and start yelling, help, help, help. You know what? Fine. So what happens is, all right, uh, you, this is stupid. You, okay. That's it. It took, you took up the whole five minutes. And as he is coming through the door, the room teleports away and he's chopped in half when he dies and it's your fault no that is not my fault that is totally your fault because you did this to him no that is one million percent not my fault he set up the the room to teleport away without any safety measures apparently he is the one who chose to go out the door even though he knew that it was five minutes he's the one who said five minutes so he should have in his head had a rough idea of how long that had been he's the one who actually walked through the door. Everything about this, he's the one who was maliciously chasing after me to try to kill me. Everything about this is 100% his fault and 0% my fault. Yeah, but how are you going to explain that to the security department who you just ran towards? Now there's half a dead body sitting in the hallway bleeding all over the place. You've got a gun that's recently been fired in your hand. Yeah, but the part of him that was shot is probably not there. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on which, if it went through, okay, you're right. So if it went through his body, though... Like, from top to bottom. So, the ha- like, half of him was halfway through the door. Maybe there's a... Bull- the-, the leg with the bullet wound came through. And so, they're going to be like, You shot this half a body. Yeah, but that's not what killed it. So, who ca- they're not going to try me... From I'm going to tell them the truth. Nobody's going to believe that crazy story. Are you kidding me? No, they're not going to believe it because it's it's crazy. But there's they're not going to have much choice. There's there's a half of a dead body. I couldn't have brought half a dead body in in my book bag. Like that they're they're not going to be they're not going to think I snuck it into the building. They're going to have to admit that something crazy happened in order for sliced down the middle half a dead dude to show up in the hallway in order to bleed all over the place like. Something crazy has happened. And so why not my crazy explanation rather than, you know, whatever? What, yeah, Jordan had it hidden in some Tupperware. I mean, what what, what are they going to say? I don't... Uh, look, the, the whole stupid point of this whole hypothetical was to say you were supposed to just... You were just supposed to shoot the guy, man. You were just supposed to shoot him, take the money, and leave the room and all the evidence would go away and then you'd have infinite money forever and all you'd have to do is think about once in a while you know oh i killed a man to get this i killed a seemingly innocent man yeah but i'm not going to kill a seemingly innocent man well, well i mean apparently not you're ruining the whole scenario with that fact but i the i would i was trying to say isn't it worth it because it's just some guilt, you know, a little bit of guilt and a little bit of, you know, discomfort thinking about you know, the past is made up for by an extreme amount of comfort in the present, is it not? Uh, n- no. <sighs> well, that's okay. Well, that doesn't help me any. Look, I'll, obviously, Diogenes, Sinjin, I'll marry you. I'll marry. Fine. That's I. <laughs> that's the point of the whole thing. Good. Congratulations, Frank. I'm I'm glad you're accepting the 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 the, the marriage. Are you? I mean, you, you asked him for a ring, didn't you? Well, yeah, and I still, Diogenes, I'm still expecting that ring because um, I looked it up and uh, a wedding ring is considered uh, a, a part of a contract. So if you, if, if I agree to marry you and then, in fact, I do marry you, uh, the ring is mine as part of that contract. I own it. Uh, separately and wholly outright. It has nothing to do with any, uh, prenup or anything like that. The, the ring is mine. So I'm expecting a really big and really nice ring with a, by which I mean with a large diamond. At least one, if not more than one. Um, like high carrots, high clarity, good color. I mean, this, this is, the, the, uh, befitting a man of my worth, which is high. I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna say befitting a man of my worth and then some, then somebody goes, well, yeah, that's why it's, you know, brown and, you know, Point three, car- like no, I, I am, I, I hold myself in high regard. I hope that you hold me in high regard. Otherwise, why would you be marrying me, right? Well, that's a good question. I don't want to answer that question right now. Let's put that to the side. But what I'm saying is, I am expecting a very high quality and high caliber and high caratude ring to, uh, to initiate. This wedding contract, this marriage uh, agreement, and uh, which I, by marrying you, will then be entitled to keep, no matter what, no matter how the marriage ends. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so that's that's that. Yeah, that's that. Uh, so let's talk about a couple other things before we uh, we move on. Um, Scape, you 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 have not been very verbal about all this. Yeah,
5: I don't care about it.
0: What, which part do you not care about? Any
5: of it. He's gonna get married. Whatever, I don't get married.
0: What about the thing about killing the guy?
5: Yeah, I don't care about killing guys. Sure, kill him.
0: <laughs> okay. Um anyway, uh more from you more from you later. Yeah, more from me later. Um let's 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 touch on what we're gonna be listening to today. Uh I actually don't have the shows yet uh, because the person who sends me the shows, Mr. Charles Berman, good friend of the show, wonderful, lovely friend of the show, is uh, is not at home right now. So he's not present to uh, uh, email me uh, the links to the shows that we're going to listen to on this podcast. That being said, I'm pretty confident I know which shows we're going to be listening to on this podcast. I'm pretty confident we are going to hear three all new uh, shows all new serials, by which I mean all new episodes of serials. Uh, we're going to hear another uh, lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. We're going to hear a first episode of Kentwood, the the uh, the, the all new show, and we're going to hear another episode of Any Italic Girl Reporter. So while I don't know what those episodes are about um I can guess that we I mean you know Nathan uh, I mean we could we can kind of pretend that we heard them uh, when we listen to them. we're also gonna hear two episodes of where are they now in history of course uh, and this day in history uh, the, the 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 days uh, for 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 today and and for last week and um you know like I said I uh, I just get those in the mail um I get those uh, an email link from this, not from Charles Berman. Obviously, I just get them from. I mean, I, I shouldn't say the email address uh, we we discussed earlier, but uh, they come in, and uh, I don't. I mean, I haven't really looked into it. I, I I mean, I guess I could just write back and say who who is this, right? I mean, yeah, that seems like a logical thing to do. You could just. Email them and say, hey, who who's sending this to us? Are you a relative of Rory's? You know, when did he leave you this? Why not just send us the whole thing at once? No, we discussed that because if 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 he sent me the whole thing at once, we'd listen ahead. Right, right, right. Well, okay. You could just ask him who it is and just confirm that they were all recorded ahead of time. Well, of, I mean, of course they were. Ah, uh, well, we, we talked about this. Yes, we talked about this. That's why I'm not gonna talk about this again. Well, you know, what? why don't we just get to it? Here's the plan. Just so everybody knows. We're going to listen to these new serials one two and three with the two where they nows in the middle then we're going to come back we'll say hi for a minute and then we're going to turn it over to a new section of the show a new section of the show that i am tentatively calling waxwork one-on-one uh, and we'll talk more about that when we get back enjoy these uh, serials
6: lessons from the life of nathan van etten by charles Berman, pete bowers and daniel schwartz if that is his real name Season 2, Episode 8, Espionage as Spies, Nathan Van Etten. Espionage was a dirty word once. Now, in the ashes of nuclear war, there are no words uglier than the barren wreckage of civilization. If you want to live to see the next sunrise, you'd better be ready to kill, steal, lie, or spy. One person who just doesn't get this is Nathan Van Etten. Hey,
7: voice, keep it down! I'm trying to spy on Jane!
6: You mean the woman in the next room going through your clothes? Must be a raider. You get raiders at night. Gotta mind the perimeter, or they'll gnaw your face off while you sleep.
7: Um, that sounds fake, voice. But I need to keep an eye on Jane now that she's moved in!
6: You let one of them in? Now the others can track her scent. Slip past the snipers. Use their pelts to gird their swollen and mutated loins. Good God, Nathan. You've killed us all.
7: There are no others! Focus! It's bad enough that she's here, folding my laundry, separating my delicates from my indelicates! Oh,
6: I see. You enslaved her so that her radiation-hardened carapace can do your dirty work. Good idea.
7: Bad idea, carapace or no! She can't go rifling and cleaning and sorting my things! That's my mom's job! Besides, she's putting my Dungeon Master shirts next to my player shirts! What if they tell each other secrets?!
6: I don't know what you mean, but I understand you perfectly. She's a liability, another mouth to feed, as stockpiles run low. I have a stockpile? Good God, it's worse than I thought. Apparently. There's no way you can survive if you've always got to look over your shoulder.
7: She's in front of me.
6: She has to be dealt with.
7: I can use my magic cards.
6: I mean you've got to take her out of the picture.
7: I don't know how to use Photoshop.
6: Nathan, you've got to kill her.
8: Kill her? What are you yelling about? Ah! WHY ARE WE SCREAMING?! Because you started screaming, douche!
7: I don't know what that word means, but I understand it perfectly. Jane, it's about time we had a talk. This should be good. Not in the short term, but I think in the long run it will have been worth it. Just start with the crazy talk. Gladly. Jane, now that you are living here, I need you to stop using my things and invading my space! Your things? Your
8: space? Both of those things, yes. Nathan, I'm just doing the laundry. Your dad asked me to take care of it while your mom was out of town. Is there some way you can do it without touching my, uh, laundry? No. If you're not getting clean clothes, I'd have to smell you, which revolts me.
7: Me too! Stop smelling me!
8: Blech. Fine, then I'll do the laundry. Good. Wait, what? Win or lose, Nathan, I'm washing your clothes, and if you want to stop me, you'll just have to live with frustrated desires. Trust me, you get used to it. I feel like I've just been outsmarted. Yep. I'm gonna... Bye.
6: They're clever, those raiders. Always trying to flank you.
7: For the plus two to hit, it makes sense. Yep. I think I've learned a lesson here, voice. Yeah? My dad has terrible taste in women.
6: They don't any of them taste very good, kid. Better get used to them. Maybe you'll have grown accustomed to dining on lady flesh before the next lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten.
0: In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. The voice was Bailiff Quimby, Nathan was Mickey Weisner, and Jane was Aaron Morrissey. Hello, this is WHRW's This Day in History. My name is Rory Singen. On June 10th, 1935, in New York City, two recovering alcoholics, one a New York broker and the other an Ohio physician, found Alcoholics Anonymous. AA, a 12-step rehabilitation
9: program that eventually helps countless people cope with alcoholism. So, um... Fred? Yes, Bill? Couldn't help but notice it's Friday night. Yeah. And we don't do that thing anymore that we used to do. I so know we needed it's gonna be kind of uh, mm, boring, boring. Which to liven things up, I brought in this pistol so we could play Russian roulette. Ah, uh, okay, let's
10: let's get some bullets in there.
9: But see Russian uh. roulette's like a very dangerous game, so instead of our heads, we'll point the gun at our hand. That's smart You know I didn't get to be a stockbroker by being dumb I'm sure
10: glad we can bleed to death now Because in order to quit drinking I had to admit the existence of a higher power To whom I can now go quickly
9: Well, that does sound tangential But it is your turn Bang <laughs> Oh, that oh, i looking for you Um, okay uh, I saw the first aid kit in the lobby I'll, Oh, I'll, I'll go, go get it No, go no, you're, you're bleeding, sit down Yeah, but it's not bad Just sit, just sit okay. down Sit down mm, I'll, be in, I'll be back I'll be back in a, a few Alright yeah. I'm sure that I can find it Oh here it is Hmm this is, this is weird oh, First aid supplies in here oh, That's
10: too bad I'm bleeding to death Right but
9: now But I found some good news What? There's some scotch in here So I oh, guess I'm okay. no longer A recovering alcoholic
0: but that, Give me that It'll thin my blood And ease my misery Give you the Get your
9: own Ah
0: And that was how uh, They got the idea For the name Alcoholics Anonymous uh, Because Fred said Ah And they spelled it out As "AA." Sadly Fred did not live to see the first actual meeting, as he did bleed to death, make sure that your first aid kit is well stocked, whether you're playing Russian hand roulette or not. You could be hurt some other way, you never know. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't be granted serenity just yet. My name's Rory St. John, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And it's even more exciting what happened to Bill after he founded Alcoholics Anonymous. He was still quite bored because he didn't find Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to be all that exciting. So instead he found himself chasing that amazing thrill that he'd gotten when playing Russian Hand Roulette. He went all over the place playing Russian Hand Roulette with people, watching them get shot in the hands. This time, of course, making sure that he had a first aid kit nearby so that they wouldn't bleed to death and die. But even so, the stakes were not high enough for Bill. Eventually he said well, I'm just watching a lot of people ruin their hands and coincidentally never actually losing myself. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't actually matter to me. You know, I, I don't feel that risk. So Bill took the magical know-how that he had learned both as a stockbroker and as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and made what he called his magical room of death. It was a magical room that would appear for one hour as part of a building that it wasn't a part of before. Only one person could see the door to get into it and when they would come in, he would instruct them to pick up two guns and hand him one. One of the guns would be Loaded with a, with a with a bullet or multiple bullets. In fact, the other would in fact be completely empty, and they would immediately fire on each other, and probably you know one of them would die. Now, not because he didn't have a first aid kit, he of course did have a first aid kit, but he always would aim for the head, and when the other person would aim for him, well, coincidentally, they never got the loaded gun, even though he would tempt them by saying, "Look, I've got this magical bag that taps into the money that I I have access to as part of the stockbroking world." Anyway, look, it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, they would they would shoot at each other, and coincidentally. Bill would always win. You probably wonder why was that? Well, it was because he was fated to lose only once, but more on that later. My name is Roy St. and this is Where Are They Now in History and keep a First Aid Kit Handy on Casting Wax
10: Kentwood Episode One Eldridge and I by Jacob Thompson. Hello. I'm Dr. Dan Sebago, and I've taken the responsibility of telling tales of the life of Eldridge Kentwood. Until a few short years ago, Professor Kentwood taught at my university and solved cases that baffled the most seasoned investigators. If I could be said to have played even a small role in his accomplishments, I would consider it a worthy epitaph. Today, I will tell the story of how I met the good professor. It started many years ago when, as a young teacher, I committed an error of judgment and needed to rely on another young professor who was already well-known for his deductive ability. I came to his office on the second floor, where a student was waiting.
11: Excuse me, is this where Dr. Kentwood... Of course it is, you dolt! Do you suppose my name is on all the doors? Um, excuse me, Dr. Kentwood, I have a question about the lecture? I doubt that I shall help you. I would first like to ascertain the identity of this other interloper...
10: Uh, I am Dr. Sebego.
11: Sebego shall receive my attention. You must leave. What? My priorities are as such. Paying clients first, followed by administrators, faculty, carnivorous animals, graduate students, herbivorous animals. grads, I get it. No, you do not! Next is plants, and then... Undergraduate students. Well, how is anybody going to pass- I cannot one fig if anyone passes my course. That was pretty funny. I was not joking. What do you need? My fees are still far lower than they should reasonably cost.
10: How do you know why I came here?
11: I am aware my reputation as a detective has disseminated throughout the campus. You are an English professor, and- Uh, How did
10: you know I taught English? I never told you.
11: You clearly never bothered to memorize the staff listing as I did. For God's sake, man, while I understand that relatively few can master the art of detection, this is information printed for the barely literate public in a large font.
10: Uh, how do you know what I wanted?
11: Like many of my mouth-breathing students, you have barged into my office without advance notice. Your building is on the other side of the campus, and you've no professional reason to be here. Finally, not neglecting the obvious, your face is glazed with sweat, and your hands are trembling
10: Very good. I think I've come to the right place.:
11: You come to the wrong office entirely, if you can do no better than state the obvious.
10: I'm a fraud. I've known it ever since... Of
11: course you're a fraud. And don't waste my time by asking how I deduced to this. What is your immediate crisis?
10: You know the saying, publish or
11: perish? Of course I do.
10: I just couldn't get inspiration for a paper. And I looked around for an obscure paper that I could be, you know, inspired by. I found a rejected thesis paper on the influence of noir and Thomas Pynchon, written by a Sophie Mangrove. And it was off to the races. Sophie had moved on years ago... Looked like manna from heaven. Unfortunately, after I had the paper published in the Northern Saskatchewan Literature Review, Sophie Mangrove sent me a letter threatening me with exposure.
11: Would you mind if I offered you a
10: suggestion? That's what I'm here for.
11: It occurs to me that you are, as they say, cooked. Your paper, already published, is an obvious work of plagiarism. You would have me believe that your publication, and for that matter... Your whole career is a dirigible that can be easily punctured by a single comment of Miss Mangrove. Yes. In that case, the only obvious solution is to ensure that Miss Mangrove does not speak now or ever. I know of a gentleman who is in ownership of a certain oversized freezer. Certain criminal factions have befuddled law enforcement agencies by preserving the inconvenient dead in cold storage for lengthy durations before depositing the corpus delecti. The obvious purpose is to confuse the time of death. You, however, are obliged to produce the corpus, but I can easily provide the contact. I thought
10: you were a detective, not a hitman. I can't play a part in this.
11: Silence, Professor! I was merely testing you. The reason will soon be apparent. Had you failed, you would have been led to an undercover officer and ultimately a prison cell.
10: It was obvious
11: entrapment. Uh, Perhaps for you. There are many who will sleepwalk into such traps, and it does me no good to tolerate them for long, however much they offer me. I have no use for them. What do you mean, use? I'm the one who needs help. My career- Silence! I am presenting a serious proposal to you now, and it will be withdrawn if not received in that spirit. You, Sebago, are a man of obvious mediocrity. You lack energy and imagination. Nevertheless, you are well-spoken, and your conversation indicates a predictability that a calendar would envy. You have no hope of becoming a first-rate man, but I believe I can mold you into becoming a first-rate
10: tool. How is this fixing my problem? My career is at stake. If I don't confess, she'll turn me in.
11: We are both novice professors, Doctor. We both teach worthless disciplines. I consider my job in so-called political science to be a mere platform from which I can pursue the art of detection to its logical ends. Until I am tenured, however, I must waste innumerable hours tending to humanoid beer receptacles. I would very much appreciate it were you to take dictation, organize my notes, perform investigative legwork, and shield me from insufficiently interesting queries. Only with such assistance can I pursue investigations on the scale that I desire. Do you want me to do all this in lieu of a cash payment? This is starting to smell expensive. I must inform you that if you do not agree to the terms that I just outlined, I will report you myself. I have very little tolerance for plagiarists. If you agree to my terms, I expect this matter to be resolved in a manner favorable to both yourself and Miss Mangrove.
10: I would obviously like an explanation. It
11: is rather simple. I have detected enough rampant cheating and grade inflation at this alleged university that my silence is worth an abundant number of favors. Secrets, Professor Sebago, are among the most valuable of currencies, and it would do you well to remember that. The price of adding Miss Mangrove to the faculty... Regardless of qualification, or lack thereof, is a great deal less than the monies lost from the potential tuition withdrawn from parents who understand what a fiasco this institution is. Granted, hiring two faculty to teach postmodern literature rather than one is as beneficial as having two sets of wisdom teeth. Uh,
10: uh, Very funny, Professor Kentwood.
11: Should you agree to my terms... As I advise you to, I would hope you wait until I jest to plague me with foolish laughter. In the meantime, I wish you to think on this proposal, Daniel. And this brings us to the present, where for the first time in 25
10: years, I will speak with Dr. Sophie Mangrove. How have you done, Dr. Mangrove?
12: Much better than you. I teach at an Ivy League institution, and whenever I doubt myself... I have a wall full of thank you letters from kids that I inspired.
10: How do you feel to have reached the peak of your profession, and still earn less than some 23-year-old dirtbag who barely graduated from business school?
12: Why should this hypothetical dirtbag bother me? He's a dirtbag. Besides, you probably earn less than me. We are in the same freaking line of work.
10: I don't think we are. I spent my career working for Eldridge Kentwood. There are two or three times a week I wander in front of a classroom, and that's the extent of that.
12: You always were the worst. Even when I just started teaching, my class was three times the size of yours. Word got out that you suck.
10: I didn't care to inspire them, torture them, or do anything else that took much time away from Dr. Kentwood. Eldridge was a very demanding person, and I agreed with him when he said that genius will always rise to the top, and the best a teacher can do is strangle mediocrities in the crib. If students could be inspired by my half-assed teaching, they deserved to presumably waste their lives tricking naive freshmen into becoming English majors.
12: I will say one nice thing about Kentwood. I just learned that he got me my first job. If I want to be respectful, I need to stop right now.
10: I'll tell you how he helped me. You were bragging earlier about how you have over a hundred publications. People were so afraid of Eldridge Kentwood that nobody bothered me. I got tenure without writing a damn thing. Stealing from you was the last serious writing I ever did. You
12: shouldn't be proud. You should be ashamed.
10: He knew how the bread was buttered. If it wasn't for the charity of the big guys in power, you wouldn't be in a position to teach literature to trustees.
12: How is Dr. Kentwood doing right now, by the way? Has he solved the mystery of who put six bullets in Dr. Kentwood?
10: This project is to immortalize his work. And at the end of it, I'll bring his killers to justice.
12: While you try to do that, I'll keep making a difference in young people's lives.
10: Whatever the hell you do to waste your time, I'll be here for Episode 2 of Kentwood.
0: In that episode of Kentwood, Kentwood was Jacob Thompson, Sebago was Charles Berman, Student was Pete Bowers, and Mangrove was Julia Adams. Hello, my name is Rory St. this is WHRW Binghamton's This Day in History. On June 17, 1940, with Paris fallen and the German conquest of France reaching its conclusion, Marshal Henri Patin replaces Paul Renault as Prime Minister and announces his intention to sign an armistice with the Nazis.
10: Aha! I am the new Prime Minister! And I am the old Prime Minister! I now must burn all the old belongings of the Ancien régime, so I can come in as a fresh start for France. I take my light tail and burn the papers. Oh my predecessor.
7: No, you don't.
5: I burn them all. You cannot have my things, you filthy bastard. No, no,
10: I burn his things before
7: he burns them himself. I burn them first. I called it. What are you doing? Man, no wonder you were so easy to conquer. Nobody here knows anything about fire safety.
10: Who's that this man? in? I don't know. Who do you work for? You are a spy. We burn you
7: down. Ha! Serves you right. Nazis are fireproof. Ah, fire! I'm being bound! Bad for him! Good for me! Looks like I'm still prime minister! Yes, good one! High five!
0: Ah! Fortunately, uh, Paul Renault did change his name to Henri Patern, just so I wouldn't be contradicted, uh, when he did sign the armistice. Uh, Sadly, Paris burned to the ground, because he didn't practice fire safety as well as he practiced name-changing. When you sign over your life to the Nazis, or in your daily life, make sure that you practice fire safety. It could mean the difference between life and um, signing with the Nazis. This is This Day in History on WHRW, Binghamton. But don't sign an armistice with the Nazis just yet. My name's Roy Sinjon, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. And Paul Renault, in his guise as the new Prime Minister, was walking around the capital of Paris one day when he noticed a door that he'd never seen before. And he said, "You know, may we? Oui? What is this door? You know, something French." And he opened the door, went in, and found a man sitting in a chair holding a bag. And the man said, "Hello, uh, you know, Mr. Prime Minister of France. This is a bag containing infinite money. No matter how much money you take out of it, it, it will always be there. Come on in. You know, close the door behind you. Uh, there's two guns over there. Why don't you hand me one and we'll uh, trash." shooting at each other, and of course Paul Renaud said, I'm sorry, uh, I, I cannot fire this gun, I practice fire safety, and firing this gun would, you know, go against fire safety, and he said, no, no, that's a different meaning of the word fire, I, I know you have trouble with the English language because you're French, but uh, trust me when I say, shooting a gun is different from, you know, fire, and yes, there is there is not going to be a lot of safety going on because we have got the safeties are off of the gun, and in fact, we want to put ourselves in danger by shooting at each other, in fact, that is kind of the point of the game for me, but I do agree, said the man in the chair, that fire safety is very important almost as important as having a first aid kit around which of course I do in case I get shot but not as high on the list as you know, me wanting to, to try the thrill of, of of seeing which one of us gets shot and Paul and quickly before they could use, begin the game he turned on himself and shot and he didn't have the bullets and so he said well now knowing that I have the, the unloaded gun there's no risk for you so there's really no point in shooting me and the man sitting in the chair said you know, you're absolutely right I thought this might be the time when I actually die but no It, it I, I suppose it's not go forth into the world spread the word about fire safety if you would, and just, just be on your way. I tell you what, here's a fiver for your trouble out of my infinite bag. And Paul Renew went back about his business and made fire safety a big part of his uh, political career. My name is Roy St. and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax.
7: Annie Italic Girl Reporter by Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, Michael Weissner, and Daniel Schwartz. Episode 7 The Fondler's Freeway. Dateline Thorpsburg. From the desk of Annie Italic, girl reporter, high atop Henderson Towers in Center City in her office of the Thorpsburg Ledger Star Bulletin Journal, we bring you the news of the world. Commissioned by seasoned newspaper editor Eugene Seabrook, Annie Italic tracks the most thrilling events of our day with the determination of a bloodhound, poised notebook in hand for the moment of her big break.
2: The thing about working at a newspaper is that everyone you work with also works at a newspaper. That means they find things out. Fast. And usually wrong.
3: Annie, come in, come in, have a cigar.
2: Uh, thanks?
3: You're welcome. I heard you had a date last night.
2: Why, yes. Yes, I
3: did. Did you have a good time?
2: Yes. Very, thank you for asking.
3: I couldn't be happier about it. I've been waiting for this for years. You have? Of course. I always knew you crazy kids would get together like peas in a pod in a relationship with each other.
2: I can see why you're an editor, Jean. Wait, you know him? Well, I guess he's hard to miss.
3: Of course he is. He's right down the hall.
2: He is? Give me a minute to fix my face.
3: It looks fine broken, Annie, but of course he's here. I'll call him in. Billy, get in here.
2: Billy, you don't mean...
3: I do mean, Annie. Let's get the lovebirds together. Annie Italic, girl reporter, and Billy Baskerville, boy opinion columnist. Wait, what? Hey. There you are. What a great day for the printed word. The start of a newspaper dynasty. Pulitzer, Hearst, and now Baskerville Italic. Gene. We are not. Particularly thrilled about losing makeout time by coming to work? I understand. When I met Mrs. Seabrook, I could barely keep my hands off of her. What with her having the antidote. Anyway, I've got just the assignment for you two. Okay. That's the spirit. Now, Lover's Lane is being bulldozed to make room for a freeway. Go up there and get some impressions, if you know what I mean.
2: I don't.
3: Really? I want you two to make out. Maybe round a few bases, if you know what I mean. I don't! Wow. Okay, Annie, I want Billy to put his hands on your body. Get on it, if you know what I mean. Now get down to Lover's Lane, fall in love, and glorify our new highway. Don't
2: even... Think about it. Okay. This is ridiculous. Why can't I go with Susie? Or even Johnny?
7: They're both out sick. Something about badass cargo. Susie sent you a card, though.
8: Eddie, it was really nice to see you outside of work. I hope you had a great date and kissed at the end. As soon as I feel better, I'll come back to work and you can tell me all about it. Sincerely, Susie.
2: <laughs> That's actually kind of sweet.
7: Probably. We can't hear what you read. Have fun.
2: So, I was stuck with Billy Baskerville. Boy, uninteresting guy. So at least the drive was quiet. Not so much when we got there. So you figure we should stop by investigating that ghostly moaning?
1: Oh, well, you know, whatever's easy for you.
2: Eugene wanted us to stick to the beaten path and not discover anything suspicious, but I kind of want to uncover the truth. Guess I shouldn't, huh?
1: Hey, that's totally up to you. I'll go with whatever you decide.
2: Okay, let's just go find someone to interview.
1: Okay, who do you think we should interview? Uh,
2: let's try... your. These windows are all steamed up. Maybe we shouldn't interrupt. Maybe. Let's try... Oh... This van's a-rockin'. Uh, let's try that gift shop over there.
13: Good afternoon, lovebirds. What can I do for you today? Uh, listen, we're not.
1: (laughs) Hey, I don't know what people usually go for here. I'll go with the flow.
13: Well, we have some lovely ancient Native American dream catchers, traditional Native American peace pipes, peace arrowheads, and a-
2: Wait a minute. Why are you selling Native American stuff at Lover's Lane? For money? And
13: blobs! Yes, did you want one? Yeah,
1: six of one, half a dozen of the other.
2: Who's this guy?
1: Oh, Bobby Baskerville, boy opinion columnist.
2: And I'm Annie Italic. We're doing a story for the Legistar Bulletin Journal about Lover's Lane being bulldozed for the highway.
13: Ay,
7: ay,
13: Water Silo, pleased to meet you, but Lover's Lane? You must mean my ancestor's burial ground. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You can have sex while driving. This is a
2: a Native American burial ground?
13: No, water silo is French name. Of course it's Native American burial ground.
2: Ah, the other Native Americans okay with it? Or are there maybe some angry ones we could interview?
13: They're pretty okay with it. They're dead. Why do you think we need a burial ground?
1: Those are usually for burying dead people.
13: Yup. Want to buy some authentic pemmican? Buries ground with raw meat or a chickle
2: c- ring. Uh, yuck. To both. What kind of souvenir shop is this? Profitable. Okay, good answer. Before we go, can you tell us anything about the mysterious ghostly howling out there?
13: Gee, you don't think it could be the ghost of the underground buried Native Americans under this Native American burial ground, do you? Or maybe it's one of the people in the tens of dozens of cars out there having sex. Why is everything so
2: interesting?
1: Eh, it's a matter of opinion. So...
2: We collected an entire no opinions on the bulldozing of Lover's Lane and a great angle on Native American outrage that didn't exist. Outside, there were plenty of people to interview, but they were all too busy having sex. So I decided to stake out construction company workers while Bobby looked desperately for feedback on his columns. Eventually, after three hours...
1: Also, some people like to put it on burgers. Or fries. You can even make some sauces out of it and it can be used as fake blood. In conclusion, ketchup is available in most cities. You might want some, if you like the flavor, or not.
2: Bobby, that's... Hey, wait, you!
1: Yeah, what?
2: Do you work for the construction company?
1: Yep,
7: even got the uniform, see?
2: Okay, I'm from the Legistar Bulletin Journal. Some questions about the bulldozing of Lover's Lane?
7: Huh? They're not doing that until 2017. What? Yeah, they just got announced preliminary plans. These things take ages. I don't know nothing. See ya. Ah!
2: Now what am I going to do?
1: Yeah, I was kind of wondering that.
2: Okay, my story is naive editor sets up boring columnist with reporter using non-story. Let's go.
8: Interested in a good time? Woo! (laughs) Ah!
2: You gave me a shock creeping up like a ghost. Woo! That's racist. Woo!
1: I can see how you could feel that way. But there's two sides. Wait. Who are you?
8: Woo! I am the ghost of Pimp's Teepee. Now, if you're not interested, excuse me. I'm late for work.
2: Woo! Hold on. Ghosts have jobs.
8: Woo! I do. At the Native American Hooker's Burial Ground.
2: Woo! And Native Americans
8: had hookers? Woo! What part of world's oldest profession don't you understand? Woo! Business is pretty bad, and not many people want a hooker you can't physically touch. Woo!
1: Some people might. It depends.
8: Hang on. I'm from a newspaper.
2: This'll be a great story to be edited into oblivion by an idiot. You've still been hooking here for the centuries after your death?
8: Woo! No way. I got dug up and reburied here last year. Woo! Why do you think so many people started showing up and having sex? Woo! It's the mystical spiritual whatever of our Native American spirit or whatever that fills their soul or whatever with our horse sex energy. Woo!
2: You have got to be joking.
8: Woo! I don't have much of a sense of humor. Woo! Joking during sex is bad for business. Woo! You two are about to start wanting to sleep with each other in a minute. Woo!
1: Hey, yeah. That sounds pretty fun.
8: Wow! You expressed an opinion. That's the most... Oh! Get down there, you...
2: Wait a minute! I'm taken! And that's... Billy Baskerville! You're all
8: just manipulating our minds! Ooh, yup. Ooh. But why do you even do this? You're dead. Ooh, I'm a sex slave. Ooh. But it's not really so bad. Ooh. We have common interests and we get along real well. Many kittens, slender canyon, deep valley, two mountains. The whole gang. Ooh. That's... William Ravenloft Baskerville
2: watch your hands So what silo is using you as sex slaves so people will buy her weird souvenirs Woo yes Woo
8: versus my plan is foiled Billy Sicker Ay, Oh my
2: In the end it didn't even make a good story not kid friendly on the bright side People were still nice to me at work.
3: That cad! Dumping you for an unscrupulous necromancer! Don't worry, Annie, he'll never work in this town again!
2: Gene, it's fine.
3: That I'm firing him? You bet your byline! Nobody breaks the heart of any italic girl reporter on my watch!
2: Just as well. I'm not a big fan of ketchup.
0: In that episode of Annie Italic, Girl Reporter, Annie Italic was Angela Schwartz, Eugene Seabrook was J.R. Coonrat, Billy Baskerville was Daniel Schwartz, Susie Sansarif was Cheryl Casey, Harvey was Jordan Randall, Water Silo was Bree Bilbury. Gordon was Jordan Randall, and Pimp's Teepee was Aaron Morrissey. Thank you very much, Frank. Um, and that was, those were some great shows, right? Uh, <laughs> that we, uh, well, we, uh, well, of course, we just heard them because they just played, so uh, we know exactly what they were all about. Um that was, uh, an interesting, uh, episode of Nathan Van Etten, right, uh, right,
5: Oh, yeah, uh, that was pretty good where, uh, Nathan was like, was like, don't touch, uh, my laundry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what?
0: Yeah, uh, that's pretty fun. And then uh, that uh, that 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 episode of the Kentwood there uh, was was pretty good. Where where uh, where they had that uh, that professor who was uh, <laughs> what, what? What was talking to the other professor at the at the uh, the diner, it's, right? Okay. Yeah. And how about that? Any italic, Frank? What do you think of that? Yeah, with, with all the uh, everybody talking about making out and ghosts and stuff. That's pretty <laughs> right, isn't that what happened? Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Why would that not be with? When- <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway um so let's move on like i said we have an all-new section of the show it's a show it's a section of the show that i'm calling waxwork one-on-one and what it is is a section where we have a friend of the show come on the show or whether they're physically here or they skype in and we let them have a one-on-one in-depth conversation with one of the uh, the hosts of this show that's myself or frank allen or scape white now for the first episode we called upon our good friend, uh, and good friend of the show, Pulitzer Prize winner, Lynn Nelson. Uh, we gave her the option. I said, would you like to chat with me, who, you know, obviously pretty awesome? Would you like to chat with Frank Allen so you could, you know, clear the air, get things worked out between the two of you? Oh, wow. I mean, well, I'm just, I, I gave her that option, but no, she decided she wanted to talk to Mr. Scapewhite, who, uh, of course, I think are, you know, is one of her close friends. And um, it's a pretty interesting conversation about. Well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I will say it does. It does have a lot to do with foodstuffs. So, hopefully, you will enjoy Waxwork one-on-one with Lynn Nelson and Scape White.
4: Well, Scape, what's going on with you? What kind of a question is that? What, you, what did you do today? <sighs> Jesus. Is that such a burden? What's your third degree? It's not. It's just a question. Well, yeah,
5: third question. Um, Okay, <laughs> I. Oof. I swept. Uh-huh. Pretty much.
4: Okay. Did you decide to take my deal on the uh, pudding? What
5: deal?
4: All the pudding for all the MF? No, no. I said I don't want all the MF. I said I I want all the the MF. I said I don't want all the pudding, but I would do one-to-one. And if you couldn't find someone who would do all for all, that offer stands.
5: Okay, listen. Let me explain this to the Uh listeners. Okay. I want... Like, a lot of pudding.
4: Yep, rice pudding. I trick. don't want it, mm-hmm. but I
5: do want moist food, mm-hmm. MF, okay. So I said, Vin, I would trade you all of the rice pudding for all the MF. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty good deal. Well,
4: first of all, I don't think I could obtain all the MF.
5: Okay, lifetime supply.
4: But I, look, I don't want a lifetime supply of rice pudding. Yeah, you do. That's not worth it to me. No,
5: why? No, I don't. Why would I want that? To, to supply for your life too much. No. I don't eat it, like, every day. It's just enough. It's for your whole life. Nah. Do you mean, nah? Yes, it is. That's the they told me.
4: Yeah, but, but I don't want it for my whole life. Why not? Because I'll get sick of it. Do
5: you like rice pudding? Yeah. Then you want it for your whole life? No. Why are you making
4: tinkle? Tinkle? Yeah. Oh, you get the sink running? I'm, uh, I'm doing dishes. Look, do you like rice pudding? Yes. Not uh, enough to eat it my whole life. You probably will eat it your whole life, won't you? But, I, look, Okay, rice pudding goes bad. They keep sending
5: more food.
4: No, but the point is I would have to keep eating it or throw it away. And I don't want to eat it every day. I'll get sick of it.
5: I don't get sick of enough every day. I
4: know, but you only eat one kind of food and you love it because you're an idiot. No, I eat variety. (laughs) You eat a couple of different kinds of moist food. Humans have a huge variety of food that they can eat. So they don't have to eat the same food all the time. Uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Name... Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah. Okay, are you ready to count?
5: You have to count.
4: No, I'm going to name them.
5: I can't even count that out.
4: Well, then that was a stupid number to pick, wasn't it? So you have to do it. Okay, ready? Yeah. One. All right. Steak. I eat that. Two. Mm -hmm. Chicken. I eat that. Three.
5: Mm -hmm. Fish. Uh, Wait, I eat
4: that. Four. Salad. What is that? That's, uh... That is a dish that you can make that starts with lettuce. What's that? That's a vegetable. What is that? Uh, it's like a plant.
5: Plants are not food. Yeah, they
4: are. For humans. You know what, Scape? I have news for you. What? A lot of your MF has vegetable in it. You mean like grass for when you're sick? What? Grass for when you're sick. No, 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 no. First of all, humans don't do that.
5: Oh, that's uh, dumb.
4: No. <laughs> We, I mean, lettuce is very similar for us than, uh, that lettuce is for you. It helps our digestion.
5: Okay, so you said steak, chicken, fish. Salad. Grass. Salad. Same thing. No. We don't eat
4: grass out of the ground. Same
5: thing basic. Where does the rice
4: grow? In the ground. Yeah. But not, it's not grass. It's a different plant. We eat different plants. What color is it? Green. Yeah. There's more than one green plant, you know. Yeah,
5: that grows in the ground. Yeah, lots of them. That helps with digestion. Lots of them. Okay, okay. Okay, here's another one. Yeah, Broccoli. No, so that's. What number is that? Five. Broccoli? Mm-hmm. And that's green, and it grows in the ground, and it helps with digestion? Yep. That's grass. That's the it's same one no, no, as the previous. Not. No, it's not. Sounds the different. same. Different. What's
4: different? Different. How's it different? It's an entirely different vegetable. What's different about it? Everything. Okay, tell me about it. The texture is different. You're, you're very noisy. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Jeez. Okay. The taste is different. From the what? The consistency is different. From Between what? broccoli and lettuce. Hmm. Okay. Does it smell different? Yeah. All right. Lettuce kind of doesn't smell, really. <laughs>
5: Don't believe it. I do believe it. You said it because everything smells. Come on.
4: Yeah? Yeah. Does water smell? Yeah. What does it smell like? Chemical. (laughs) What? Chemicals. What do chemicals smell like? Different for different chemicals. What chemicals does water smell like? Mm, a bunch. Like what? Name one. <sighs>
5: We're by science. Apparently, you know all this stuff about water and chemicals. <laughs> all of the. No, I don't know all of the stuff. I know some. I know what it smells said, like. <laughs> it's like this. Like what? And it's like, oh, that's water.
4: Yeah, you could tell water just by sniffing. Yeah. Okay, so what is it about water that smells? The
5: water part.
4: The, that's the whole thing. Yeah. You can't describe what it smells like? <sighs> Water? Okay, well, I guess lettuce smells a little bit like
5: lettuce. Uh, Rin. What? That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. You just said water
4: smells like water. Yeah,
5: you said lettuce smells a little bit like lettuce. (laughs) I think it smells exactly Exactly like like lettuce. lettuce. Yeah. Fine,
4: sure.
5: Like a lot,
4: which smells different than broccoli.
5: Okay, so that's Uh, like five foods.
4: That's five. Right now, I'm about to eat a banana. That's six. What's that? It's a fruit. What's that? Um, it's another kind of thing. It grows on trees.
5: Like a leaf? Like a leaf,
4: but it's not a leaf.
5: I sir? hmm What else grows on trees but reefs? Fruits. <sighs> I never saw it.
4: I know. That's because cats don't eat them.
5: I've seen trees, and I didn't see no fruits.
4: Also, flowers grow on trees. I didn't see that. While they're there. All I saw is reefs. Then you didn't see everything that grows on trees.
5: Look, Boo has been in trees. She didn't eat a banana.
4: I know, cats don't eat them. She didn't even see a banana! Oh, they're not on every tree. They're only on banana trees. What? Yeah. Okay,
5: so now you're saying there's, like, a kind of tree that's, like, a magic tree that only makes food. Um... Everything except that it's magic. That's not
4: magic to you? Come on. No. Look, if I. Then where's the MF Science. tree? Why don't you have MF tree? And MF doesn't grow on trees. It's not a fruit. <sighs> or a flower
5: or a leaf. But it should. Look. Yeah. You're saying a banana yeah. is a food mm-hmm. that grows on a tree. Uh huh. So it's made of meat. Nope. Right.
4: Humans eat foods that are not meat. Yeah, banana. Yeah.
5: So it's a kind of grass. Nope. <sighs> Look. What are you saying? Doesn't sound true, is it Is it true,
4: about no. Then what are- Listen, this is the thing. We eat foods that you don't eat. Wait, does it get dried out
5: and crunchy? Uh,
4: it can. You can dry out fruit.
5: So it's like crunchy fruit.
4: No, not always. Bananas are usually soft. What? But you can dry them.
5: <sighs> okay, whatever. That's six. That's only really yep. That's not very many.
4: Rice is seven. What? Rice you know rice. Frank Allen told you about rice. Rice
5: pudding? Well,
4: that's two different foods, but sure. Yeah,
5: that doesn't taste good. That's
4: eight. No, that's seven. Rice is seven and then rice pudding is eight. That can't be separate. Okay, how about pudding is eight? Rice pudding! Rice pudding. <laughs> no rice pudding is only one kind of pudding. There's also vanilla pudding and Chicken chocolate pudding. pudding. Nope. Well, it depends on how you define a pudding, I think. Do they put chicken in puddings? I don't think so. There are savory puddings and sweet puddings.
5: Some that you savor? Sure.
4: The ones you like, yeah. Chicken. Okay. You could probably have chicken pudding.
5: Fine. Then you already said that. That's chicken.
4: No, pudding. Yeah. Pudding is number eight.
5: No, that's not fair if you made you a lot of chicken.
4: No, you can put anything in pudding.
5: So then you already said anything.
4: I didn't say anything. Did you, say, did you make banana pudding? You could make banana pudding. Could you make broccoli pudding?
5: Maybe. Could you make rice pudding? No, probably not. Well, doesn't matter. You can make pudding out of other stuff you've already said, so it doesn't count as a new don't one. You don't want to count
4: pudding? Okay. No. Okay, so we need a number
5: eight. Yeah. Cake. What's that?
4: Cake is a... <laughs> oh, God, how am I going to describe cake? Uh, Cake is a sweet thing that is a dessert.
5: What is sweet thing?
4: Uh, is there anything that is like cake that you eat? No. It's sweet. It's like you could make it out of chocolate. You know chocolate?
5: I'm not allowed to have chocolate. I know,
4: but we are. How about, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Let's just do that first. Number eight, chocolate.
5: That's poisonous. To you. That's what
4: I heard. Yeah, not to me.
5: Wow. Well, maybe it
4: is. Nope. I've eaten it a lot. But you're bigger. Maybe that's why. I'm human. I mean, it probably does have something to do with me being bigger, but it's also because I'm a person.
5: So if you ate as much of it as I would eat, it would kill you.
4: No. No, it would kill you much sooner than it
5: would kill me. If you ate as much of it as I would eat. How
4: much of it would you eat? I don't know. I'm just saying,
5: like, if if you had a piece of chocolate uh-huh. and I ate it, uh-huh. For you that's like a really big piece of chocolate. I mean for me, that's a real big piece. So imagine yeah. a really big piece for you and then. Oh, you mean you,
4: you mean proportionally. Yeah. Uh and I probably wouldn't die. I, don't
5: know if I think you
4: might. I might get really sick though. You might not die. From that either, but you would get really sick.
5: Okay, why not? But I can, s-
4: I can still eat it in quantum small doses, and you can't. I could. You
5: <laughs> shouldn't. You might die. But how small is small? Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you shouldn't eat it at all. What it's if too you? Too okay. safe. You eat a bit, a little piece, like right? this big. Huh? But to me, that piece you know, is not- this big. Yeah. So then I have to eat one that's this big, and to you, that's like. You can't even see it.
4: I'm sort of following you, but you know I'm on the phone, right?
5: You're like, there's no chocolate there. And I'm like, I already ate it.
4: Okay, listen... I can eat chocolate and you can't, is really what this comes down to. Whatever! Okay, that's eight. That's eight. Okay, then you can take chocolate... That's chocolate! ...or other things and put them into other foods. Like chicken. No. I Technically you could, but I don't think you'd want to. You could make like a mole sauce, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. All I'm
5: saying is, if you <laughs> already said chocolate, you can't say, it, then you take chocolate.
4: I can't name anything that we make with chocolate? No,
5: you already said chocolate.
4: Okay. Um. Let me see. Can you understand anything? anything sweet do you have you ever tasted chocolate ever no um what else have you tasted that might be sweet you know you know the cherry candy that um that boo likes so much yeah well that's i mean that's something we can eat. Okay. That's not
5: really good. That doesn't taste good. we it does. It does?
4: It, yeah, but it also does to a lot of people. Next
5: you're going to be like, yeah, we like oranges.
4: Oh, t- well, some of us do. Yeah, totally. That's ridiculous. You understand oranges? I smell them. They're fruit. They smell gross. They grow on
5: trees. No, they don't. Yeah. Get out of here. No. <laughs> they grow in gross smells is what they grow in because... <laughs> They smell gross. <laughs> That's not what they grow in. <laughs> okay, you want to know what they smell like? <laughs> I know what they smell like. No, I will tell you. Because remember when <laughs> you were like, hey, what does water smell like? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I could tell you what oranges smell like. Okay, go ahead. Pretend you never heard of oranges. <laughs> I can't really do that. Just pretend. I'll try. Until you see orange.
4: Uh-huh.
5: Not the color. Okay.
4: The thing. The but I've never seen them before, so how do I know? Yeah, no, I... <sighs>
5: Okay, here's what I want you to do. Create a second self inside of your mind. And that self, <laughs> the hypothetical self. Doesn't... Is this something that you're capable of doing? I'm telling you to do it. So I Can have you? To do it. Do you even know what you're asking me to do? So you create another second ring inside of your head. And that ring... It's identical to you, except she doesn't know oranges. Now, but you, big Rin outside of that Rin, still know what oranges is. So when I say to you, she sees orange, you know, you're like, "I, I know what that is. But, but she is like, I don't know what that is. This is
4: the most complicated way of setting up this scenario. So, right, what if I just knew some? What if I just met someone who didn't know what an orange was?
5: Because I'm trying to describe to you what it feels like. Okay, you got it? Oh my
4: god. Oh so my there's god. you.
5: Don't know what oranges is, but you see oranges.
4: Okay. And, so then and I say, go, what's that? Wait, I don't know what that
5: is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you go, well, since it is a thing I don't know, I will smell <laughs> it. Okay. To identify it. Okay. And so you read over it, and you go, okay, let me smell this. And then, right like, a knife goes up your nose. <laughs> There's a knife in the orange? Up your nose! <laughs> it goes... <laughs> okay. That's what it smells like. Right. That's what it smells like?
4: Yeah. What does a knife up your nose smell like? I hope you
5: never find
4: out. <laughs> But Scape, I don't think you did (laughs) really find out what that smells like. That's That's what it's like when you smell orange. How do you know what it's like to have a knife up your nose? I smelled orange! And that's what it's like to have a knife up your nose? Oh, hold
5: on. I'm not saying that if you like the smell of orange... You should stick a knife up your nose. It's the same. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm <laughs> saying, no. You're not indicating that someone might enjoy that? No, I'm saying the smell of orange is so bad and it hurts your nerves. But you have a
4: really good point. What knife, if someone likes it?
5: They're stupid.
4: That would be like if they liked having a knife stuck up their nose? Yeah. What if you take don't even know what a knife is. What? I not how do I know what a knife is? You don't know what fruits are, but you know what a knife is? Yeah, it's for cutting.
5: Come on. What, what do you cut? I don't cut, but everybody else does. What do they cut that you won't watch them cut? First of all, you can cut food if you don't want to just rip it with your teeth. Do you rip food with your teeth? Yeah.
4: Yeah? What, your crunchies? No.
5: Like if I have a hunk of meat or something. Okay. Sure. So that, that's first of all for knife. Second of all, it's for killing people. Uh huh. Yeah, if you ever do that.
4: I don't even know what to say right now. Okay, oranges are food number nine. How's that?
5: I'm, no, I'm saying they don't count because they. They're, like, awful. And some food is awful. It's still food. Oh, well, then, what, what's number
4: 10, poops? Poops are not nutritional. Oranges are... Are very nutritional.
5: You yeah, like, a knife up your nose. No, not like a knife up your nose. That is not nutritional. That's, like, 60% of your dairy iron. What? I was just making a joke. Were you making a metal joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I...
4: You don't understand fruit. Oh my god. Look,
5: so purpose is 10. What's 11?
4: No, purpose is not 10. We do not eat that. Uh, we don't <laughs> eat orange. You eat that?
5: No, but we don't eat orange either. Yeah,
4: but oranges have nutritional value for people.
5: <sighs> you are so full of it. What? You're saying things that I don't breathe. Keep going. Oh, you're Just keep going. What's 10?
4: What are you going to understand? Pizza.
5: Okay, I know pizza.
4: That's number ten. I eat that. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So that's number
5: ten. You're okay with that? Yeah. I, can move on. Okay, I good. eat pizza, I like it. It's got meat on it. <laughs> it's good, right? I mean it kind of is meat, but okay, whatever. No,
4: it's also other things. Okay, whatever. Like
5: the big it's, plate it's on.
4: What? Yeah, the the crust, yeah. That's called a crust. It's made of food. Wow, well, it's a plate. No, it's not a plate. It's like a big soft plate. Except that you eat. Wow. Well, yeah, you eat it. Oh, I see what's happening here. You lick everything off of that. Yeah. Okay. We eat that. It's not really a plate. <laughs> what? It's not really a plate. Come on. It's not.
5: Look. Yeah.
4: Have you ever watched your parents eat pizza? Yes,
5: yeah, so I could get some.
4: Yeah, they pick the whole thing up and put it in their mouth and bite.
5: Wow. Well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So why do they want to eat that p- the plate? It's not
4: a plate. It's kind of like a big, giant piece of bread, which, by the way, could be number eleven. What is?
5: What is? Yeah. What is? Bread. Bread is like mushy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like if you took a crunchy and you left mm-hmm. it in water, but also you took out all the flavor.
4: Uh, it depends on the kind of bread you're eating. Some of them have lots of flavor. Yeah, meat flavor? No.
5: That's what I'm saying.
4: Okay, bread. What is that? Eleven? Yeah.
5: How about eggs? Eggs is from birds. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I eat birds. Do you eat their eggs? Wow. I don't really find Right, bird eggs.
4: Okay, we do. Who's we? People. Come on, where? Everywhere. Everywhere? Everywhere. On farms. Well, I don't go to farms. I know you don't, but people do. (sighs) And they get eggs, and then they cook them. All right,
5: that's basically like eating a bird, so that's fine. No. It's, it's, wow, basic. (sighs) Because what is made out of a bird? What
4: is made out of a bird? Eggs. Uh, Eggs are made out of a bird? Yeah. Kind of? What is... What is made out of eggs? Eggs. A bird. Uh not the eggs that you eat.
5: Because you. Eat they them.
4: never. Yeah, they never turn into a bird.
5: That's because you, run. Yeah. That's you. You're being difficult. I'm being difficult. Yeah, because it's like obvious. If you eat it, it can't turn into a bird.
4: Just right. Like, it wouldn't. Ha- it wouldn't have
5: anywhere. If I eat a chicken, it's not gonna make any eggs because I ate it. already. Well,
4: it- it might have already made eggs before. You yeah, but eat it. no, it's
5: never going to do it again, is it? Because I no. ate it. So, right. anytime you eat anything, you can't do anything any- except turn into poop. That's true. So, I could be like, what's made out of eggs? Poop. But that's not what we're talking about.
4: <laughs> Technically, you could be like that, yes.
5: That was number 10 on your list. I
4: thought it was 11. No, I mean, poops. No, pizza was 10.
5: All right, right, right. Eggs was 12. No,
4: eggs was 11.
5: No, bread was 11. Oh,
4: eggs was 12. Okay. Uh, cheese.
5: (sighs) Cheese is okay. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I thought this was a a question. You keep judging these things. Yeah. Cheese is like, do you know what cheese
5: reminds me of? If you say a knife up your nose, I'm going to lose it. No, it's like if somebody left out the milk for, for a really long time.
4: That's, yeah, pretty much what it is, yeah. What? That's pretty much what it is. That's what it is? Gross. Yeah, some of it is gross. Oh,
5: you just said you eat it. Nice you say it's the, gross.
4: I eat the good ones.
5: <laughs> you eat a gross thing you just said.
4: No, no, I eat the good ones. Yeah,
5: I judge all of it. Okay,
4: you don't have to eat all of it. <laughs> you don't have to eat any of it.
5: Well, I eat a bunch of it. I'm already saying I eat cheese sometimes <laughs> if I feel like it. It's on a pizza. Yep, okay. I, I'm sorry, I said I ate that. So do people. <laughs> so then cheese shouldn't count because that's part of pizza.
4: You let me count bread.
5: Fine. Technically, Cheating.
4: that means that like all desserts should count too.
5: Cheating.
4: You're cheating. No. Yeah.
5: Keep going. You still <laughs> got like a bunch. Right? I
4: still have like six. Yeah. I mean, I could just name all the fruits and vegetables and stuff. Those I mean, there's are, so much.
5: Those are bow.
4: What? Boo. Bow. Bowl. Yeah. A bowl. What? What? No, I said are those are name? bow. Those are bowl Yeah. No, they're not. Come on. Just name foods that you eat. <sighs> oysters what is that a seafood what is that it's an animal that lives in the in the sea
5: okay so it's a meat
4: or the ocean yeah
5: what's it like
4: it lives in a shell oh. and some people think it's really slimy and gross but i think it's really delicious what do you mean it lives in a shell like its house is a shell its house yeah. how
5: big of a shell how do you judge size with size what you judge size with like bigness and smallness
4: thank you i meant you as a cat like what can you relate it to yeah.
5: well my house is <laughs> my what house
4: yeah no it's not remotely the size of your house it's oh. like it's like a little smaller than your food bowl oh
5: that's not a, that's not a house i was a, i was picturing like a like a shower the size of a house
4: no and then it's
5: like this is the bedroom
4: nope every room is is the shell the shell is every room
5: so wait, are you saying that there's only one room? Then are you saying it's like sectioned off? There's only one room. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. You said every room is the shower, so it could be like, well, this is the bedroom. Part no, of the no, shower. no, no, no.
4: It's one, one room.
5: It's like a, it's like a studio. Like a studio
4: apartment. Yep. Yeah.
5: Okay. No bathroom.
4: Uh, no. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you live in your house, but you
5: you poop out the door. <laughs> what? what? Are you joking? <laughs> That's gross.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But it means that that when I get it I don't eat the poop because it pooped outside okay. and not in its shell. <laughs>
5: That's pretty funny.
4: It's really good.
5: So you eat the shell.
4: No. But you get it in the shell and then you eat it out of the shell. It's like the dish. Like right. you, you have, have to like
5: right, you stick your tongue in the shower you're like, no,
4: it's, no, it's just open. They open it.
5: They open it.
4: Yeah. So it's like, you. okay, so this it's is. It's like if somebody pulled the roof off your house. Yeah, that's
5: what I was going to say. And then I was like, oh no.
4: Yeah. And, and then yeah. if I like tipped, if I was like a giant to you. Okay. And I opened the roof of your house and then I picked up your whole house and tipped it sideways and just dropped you into my mouth. Okay. That's, yeah, that's how it. It. That's
5: not very nice. honest.
4: <laughs> no, but you'd be dead, so you wouldn't know. Right! harder.
5: why would I be dead? Because <laughs> we'd
4: cook you first. It's like if we took all the air out of your house first.
5: Right, 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 right.
4: And then you died. You like suffocated to death. So
5: you cook the oysters first?
4: Sometimes. Sometimes you eat them raw.
5: Oh. So then you just. It's like. Ah! Kind of. That's me.
4: Yeah. That's- we kill meat, you know. Yeah. That's how- wh- why you eat meat, is because we kill it.
5: Yeah, I know, I kill lots of things, but I'm just saying, I don't- I mean,
4: You don't actually kill the things, you just eat them when they're dead. Well. You know that, right?
5: No, I'm saying I must kill them, because if I eat a chicken-
4: Do you ever remember killing anything that- like a chicken? Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember killing a chicken? Oh, yeah. When? Uh, before I ate it. What?
5: Before I ate it. Tell me about it. Well, okay, one time I was eating some chicken. And it was
4: that, That's backwards.
5: I'm not done with my story. Oh
4: my God, okay.
5: I was eating some chicken, okay? <laughs> and I was like, this tastes pretty good. What is this, chicken? And the answer was yes, it is. And I was like, where did I get this from? Oh, I must have like, okay, I must have been like stalking <laughs> around the house and sneaking. And then I saw the chicken and I jumped on it and I grabbed it and I shook it. To break its neck, and then some. somebody must have took out all the feathers and, like... That, this doesn't sound like you're remembering it. I remember, I'm telling you it right now, so you obviously can hear me remembering it.
4: You're not remembering it, you're going, I must have done that.
5: Yeah, that's the memory. Of, that's not a memory. I remember must have doing that.
4: What? Like, I can... That's not s- what a memory is.
5: It's like, okay, memory is if you close your eyes... You don't even have to close your eyes, but you could. Okay. If I close my eyes and then I was like, can I see me killing a chicken? Yes.
4: No, that's imagination. No,
5: that's, I'm saying, can I see it in the past? Yes.
4: So you actually remember doing it? Yeah. I don't believe you. You asked. Where did you find a chicken? The house. I thought you said you didn't see chickens to get their eggs.
5: That's true. I did say that.
4: Yeah! So which time are you lying?
5: I, was, I didn't have to be lying either time. All I can say is... Those are two different statements that you made. Yeah, one of them is about eggs, the other one is about chickens. So you see chickens
4: in your house, just not the eggs? I don't see chickens in my house now, but, but you I... you have seen chickens in your house. I have to have! No, that's absurd. Because I ate chicken! That's the only option? Also, you go, you go, there is processed chicken moist food in front of my face. Therefore, the logical conclusion is at some point that I don't actually remember, yeah. no, I killed, I remember, I wrestled and killed a chicken. I remember. And then somebody cooked it for that me. That is the process of chicken moist food. No, you don't kill the chickens for chicken moist food.
5: Also, I killed a horse one time.
4: That's also not true. Wow, well,
5: it's true.
4: No. <sighs> what does a horse look like?
5: <sighs> it's brown. Some of them, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. How big is
5: it? This one was brown. How
4: big is it? It's pretty big.
5: How big? Eight.
4: Eight? I think. I'm just estimating. Eight what? I don't know. You ask how big? Yeah, in a unit of measurement. Bigger than me. Yes. How much?
5: Like some.
4: Why was it in your house?
5: That's a good question. I I didn't ask. I just took care of what had to be done.
4: Tell me about it. How did it go down? (sighs)
5: Like, that's a good question. I jumped on it, Mm -hmm. and then did kick, kick, kick. And it died? Well, no, because then I had to bite it, and do shake, Next snap. Okay. Then it died. So
4: you remember doing this?
5: Yeah, yeah, I could close my eyes, I could see it.
4: Uh, In the way that you can close your eyes and see yourself killing a chicken?
5: I already did that! That's a memory!
4: No, you said you must have.
5: I did.
4: You said you must have.
5: I did close my eyes and see it.
4: I'm saying, when you close your eyes and see it, is it in the way that you're like, yes, I, I do actually remember that happening? Or yes. is it you going, that must have happened? I already said I did. The horse or the chicken? Both. So you, it's not that you must have killed the chicken, you actually remember killing the chicken. That's the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, here's what happens. Uh-huh. You're
5: walking down the street. You are. Oh, God. I said you are, and I'm try. Okay, Rin. Once again... I, you're
4: telling me how it happens when you kill
5: something. Once again, I'm going to have to ask that you imagine a thing inside of your head, okay? All right. So, you, Mhm. There's a you inside your head. That's the one I'm talking about. She's walking... Oh, the no, walk- no, no,
4: no one outside?
5: She doesn't walk down the street? She's... Listen, I'm talking about the one inside. Okay. She's walking down the street. I don't even know why we said walking down the street. Forget that. Forget that. Yes, Forget
4: that. I don't either. That's what I was... Forget seeing. that.
5: Forget that. Rin is at the mansion. What? Rin is at the mansion. Which one? It doesn't matter. But all the servants are gone, okay? Okay. So there's Uh nobody Uh there. You know this for a fact. Okay. And then, like, you go to bed. And then you wake up the next morning and the alarm goes off. And you're like, hey, uh, I I didn't set that alarm, did I? And then you go, did I? I must have. Do I remember doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what happened with me and the chicken.
4: Okay. Those are two two different things happening. That's right. One is me going, well, I must have, because that's the logical conclusion. Yeah. Which, by the way, is not what you are drawing, but that's fine. The other one is going. Oh yes, I actually remember doing that. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah not yeah, the yeah. same thing. No, but sometimes when you start out, with, I don't remember, and then it's like, oh no, I remember that. Yeah, is that what happens? You yeah, yeah, now yeah, you remember yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, killing yeah. the chicken? Yeah. Yeah yeah
5: yeah yeah yeah. Yes.
4: Yeah? I, I don't believe you. Why not? Because there are no chickens in your house.
5: <sighs> I hear them.
4: I've never seen a chicken in your house.
5: That's because I'm good at it.
4: But I've seen you eat moist food. Yeah. But you haven't killed the chicken first.
5: Well, I did first It's not like right before me. Maybe it was in the fridge.
4: How far in advance do you kill your moist food chickens? I just do it when I see them, dude. They just wander in your apartment? <laughs> I don't know. Where do um, they come from? I don't know. Where do pigeons come from? Who knows? They're not in your apartment either. Well, they're right outside. Right outside, not inside. Yeah, but... I they're must. also the kind of bird that is just hanging out in the city, yeah, which is not... But... What
5: well, why? I don't know. The point is, look...
4: <laughs> but they're not. They're not. What? You don't see penguins walking around either. <laughs> Or swans. Swans? Yeah. There are not, it's not like every bird just walks around outside your apartment. No, I don't even know what swans
5: taste like. The point is, I killed a horse.
4: (laughs) That's the point. Yeah. What happened then? That was it. What happened to the body? I don't know. Somebody must, look, somebody threw it out. I don't know. Somebody must have thrown it out. Yeah. Oh, do you remember it being thrown out? No. Okay. Because it was wasn't
5: you. me. Maybe it was Dad. Okay, we'll have to ask him. He wants to keep it clean or something. What? Why? The apartment. Oh, yes. Come on. That's true. Okay, so you still have, like, 17.
4: Six? Oh. Six? I still have six left. Well,
5: let's get out of it. Oh, my
4: God. Okay. So, what was the last time you said? Horse? No, I could use that, though. We eat horse. Me, too. Okay. What else do we eat? Peanut butter. <sighs> I don't
5: know. What? I what don't
4: is know. your problem with I, peanut butter? I
5: don't like it. Okay.
4: We okay. do. I don't
5: care for it.
4: Okay. And to go with peanut butter,
5: jelly. <sighs> These are things that Mom eats. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Mom, what are you eating? Oh, let me check it out. <sighs> Why are you putting that in your mouth? Because she likes it. <sighs>
4: Whatever. This is the whole point, right? There's foods that humans eat that cats don't. All right, fine, whatever. How many more you got? Oh, what was that? That was 14. I have four left. Oh, my
5: God. Take it forever.
4: You're the one who said 18. I was
5: expecting
4: you to go quick or give up. You keep ad-libbing. So just give and up. You keep interjecting. No, there are definitely at least 18 foods that oh we eat. Oh, my God. Okay.
5: No, Apples. No, no. <sighs> Sounds like oranges. Different. Pears. How? Who cares how many?
4: Carrots. Why does it matter how many there are? That's a fruit. It's different than P-A-I-R. What? A pear is two, but there's also a fruit called a pear that is different than two. How many of your pears are they? It depends on how many you have. That's ridiculous. No, it's like it depends on how many kibbles you have.
5: Do they, yeah, but they don't go, hey, kibbles means 27. How many do you have? One. No, that's nonsense. <laughs>
4: Completely different concepts. Okay, move. move on. Fine. This is why it takes forever scape. by the way.
5: Forever because
4: you're Because you're like, oh, I have to talk about that. Because that does not sound truthful. It's truthful. Huh. Carrots are a thing.
5: What do they look like?
4: Orange. They look like oranges? No. You just said they, they do. They are the color orange. So with, they smell with, like with, a knife up your nose. With green stuff on top. No, they smell different than oranges. What? You just said it's orange. Yeah, in color. <sighs> and it's long and skinny and it has green on top. That doesn't look anything like orange at all. I didn't say it looked like an orange. I said it was the color orange. so like if
5: you took orange and you wrote it frapp. No. Well, kind of.
4: Not at all. That's what you described. You said wrong and skinny. Yeah, but it's not like an orange on the inside.
5: <sighs> well, good. Yeah, I agree. So it's probably better than an orange.
4: Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Actually. So
5: can I eat it?
4: If you want to try one, sure. Well, I don't know. Is it
5: good? I don't know if you'll
4: like it. <sighs> You'll have to try it and find out. How many you got left? I don't know. What are we on? I I probably have like one or two left. I can't count. Okay. Soup. You probably know soup, right? That's
5: like meat juice.
4: Sometimes. Also vegetable juice.
5: Like really watery gravy. Kind of. That's pretty good.
4: Um, pasta. What's that? Like uh, spaghetti. Do you know spaghetti? That's fret. It's edible thread.
5: Well, I know about Fred.
4: Do you know about edible thread?
5: That's our friend.
4: No, not for humans.
5: Well, <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. I just eat it.
4: That's weird. Uh, potatoes. What? Potatoes. I don't know what that is. A vegetable. Oh, my
5: God. You're eating plants. So Such a kind of grass. Yeah,
4: we do. No, it's, oh, my God. Grass is not the only plant. Trees, then. Nope. Trees are not the only plants. Trees and grass are not the only plants. Oh, my God. They're not. Name, what do you want from me? Name 27 other kind of plants. No, absolutely not. This naming 18 foods took us like two hours.
5: <laughs> so you give up.
4: No, I don't give up. That
5: sounds like you said no when I said I don't, Yeah, I don't, don't want to do that
4: because it is painful to talk to you in large quantities of numbers. Sounds like I win. Nope.
5: Well, I, f- I think I do, so. <laughs>
4: Whatever you want, Skip.
0: Pretty excellent stuff there. Pretty excellent stuff. And, Scape, I guess you won, right? Yeah, that's the point. It's to run, right? Well, that, I mean, that's not really the point of the, the section. It's not a debate show, but uh, sh- <laughs> I guess that's the point of friendships, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I was kidding, Frank. Oh, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's we, it's a very long show now at this point. We've, we've been on the air for a very long time on the air, the, the podcast air Uh, on the air that goes flowing into your ears. And um, I think we're going to call it a night. But uh, in just a moment, you'll hear a cover I just did recently of the song Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. Uh, So imagine a giant hashtag popping up in front of you when you hear this. But uh, otherwise, I guess we'll see you next time and uh, be seeing you. Everybody get up. chance get nasty, go on get at Everybody
5: get up. Where do they make dreams for? When come, goddamn dreams are, what do you need steam for? You the hottest bitch in this place.
0: I feel so lucky. You wanna hug me. What rhymes with hug me? Everybody get up. Okay, now he was close. close. Tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal. animal. Baby, it's in your nature. Just let me liberate you. You don't need no papers is not your maker That's why I wanna take a good girl I know you want it I know you want it I know you want it You're a good girl Kelly, get past it. You're far from plastic Talk about getting blasted Hate these bird lines I know you want it I know you want it I know you want it You're a good girl The way you grab it Must want to get nasty Get up. Everybody get up. One thing I ask you, let me be the one you back that ass to. From Malibu to Paraboo, yeah, I had a bitch, she ain't as bad as you. So hit me up when you're passing through, I'll give you something big enough to tear your ass and two. Swag on even when you dress casual, I mean it's not almost unbearable Everybody right get now. Up. Honey, when you're not there and I'm with a side bitch, you pay me by nothing like your last guy. He do square for you, he don't knock that ass and pull your hair for you. So I'll just watch and wait for you to butch but you pick. Not many women can refuse this payment, but I'm a
5: nice guy. You get it if you can. get for me Baby, can you breathe? I got this from Jamaica It always works for me Dakota
0: to decay. No more pretending hey, hey, hey. Because now you're winning hey, hey, hey. Here's our beginning hey, hey, hey. I always wanted a good, good girl. girl I know you want it I know you want it I know you want it You're a good, good girl. girl Can't let you get past me You're far from plastic Talk about getting blasted Hate these good word lines. lines I know you want it I know you want I know you want it. You're a good girl. Go when you grab me. Must want get nasty. Go on, get nasty. Everybody get up. Blurred line.